Hello and welcome back to another episode of Party Talk, where we empower leaders in youth drug prevention. Today, I'm speaking with Robert and Christina from 180, and they're this amazing organization that does recovery services and even prevention out in Ohio. So I was so excited to speak with them, and today they've agreed to come and chat about everything in their field. So Robert, Christina, thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, Jake. Thank you for having us. I had to be here. Awesome. Well, before we dive into some prevention stuff, some uh, things that you do for recovery, can you tell us just a little bit about you personally, maybe a couple things to get to know you? Um, I'm Christina. I am the Community Coalitions Manager at 180. Um, I have been in the prevention field for about five years, um, and I've worked at this agency for about eight. Um, other than that, I like to hang out with my family and play Awesome. Uh, I'm Robert Bean. I'm the Coalition Prevention Specialist um, at 180. Um, I've only been in this field for a year, so I'm brand new to it. My free time, I like to play video games, and I have a have a baby. All right. <laughs> That's exciting. And then, Christina, how many kids do you have? Just one. Just one. All right. Each with one kid. Awesome. Well, let's dive in. Can you tell us a little bit about your organization and the scope of what you do? The organization, we offer several different services. We offer addiction and substance use treatment, including residential treatment, domestic violence and sexual assault advocacy, and an emergency shelter, um, counseling, recovery coaching, housing and supportive services. And then our department is community relations and prevention. So we work with community coalitions on youth substance use prevention. And we also have a mentoring program and we have some staff who will go into schools and do healthy relationships. Wow, okay. And that sounds like a lot, <laughs> like you're a big yeah. organization. <laughs> yeah. um, how are you funded through grant programs or I'm sure there's probably like multiple hats, but for other people in prevention to kind of relate to what do you you do is there certain grants you work within so we do our our department specifically we work with mostly grants and our team we have the drug free communities the dfc grants and stop grant um and then some smaller local and state grants and elsewhere in the agency they have medicaid funding and grants but we must Okay. Very cool. Well, how did, how did y'all get into this, this line of work? <laughs> um, so I have my bachelor's in social work. So I always kind of wanted to work with the community and I started in our domestic violence shelter and moved to our residential treatment facility. And then the, an opportunity to work in the prevention department came up and so I applied and I just fell in love with it. I like the positivity in working with the community and the youth. And it's been it's been awesome since then. Very cool. What about you, Robert? My bachelor's in uh, criminal justice. I majored in forensic psychology and homeland security. Always wanted to go into like federal law enforcement, um, investigations, that kind of thing. Um, happened to kind of stumble into the prevention field. Um, a friend of mine received services from 180, told me about them. And then when I was doing some job hunting last year, um, a spark uh, came to my mind. And I was like, all right, cool, let's, uh, let's apply. Let's try to get into 180, see what we can do there. And didn't even know prevention was a thing until I started. So. 
Wow. Okay. So two different fields, Christina, like domestic violence prevention and stuff like that. And then Robert, for you with law enforcement, um, I'm wondering, has your experience or education from each of those transferred over to your new job? I think for me, definitely, because with social work, you learn how to communicate with people and kind of help them connect with the resources they need. And that's essentially what we're doing in prevention as well. Yeah. Uh, for my end, it's it's kind of similar. You know, there is that aspect of working with the community, but in like a different aspect of it, um, but more so like working with like uh, data from federal agencies, um, local governments, just looking at looking at it from that. Okay. So yeah, this next question, I'm really intrigued because I know that y'all do so much and you have a good imprint in the community, lots of partners and stuff like that. So is there a, is there a project or something that you've worked on that you would say, Hey, that went really well. Like that was a project that we would do again, or that could inspire others um, that maybe you could brag about. Is there something that comes to mind that you could share about your experience? You've had one. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, so one of uh, the coalitions we work with has a youth coalition um, that they support, um, and they're called uh, RAPA Teen Institute. It's Riders Our Peer Advocates. Uh, the high school mascot is a right is a red rider. Um, so they went after that. But um, I was able to work with one of my coworkers and a community volunteer. We went to the CADCA National Leadership Forum in February with six students. Um, so doing like all the behind the scenes work on that it gave me like a new appreciation for what my teachers did when I was a kid, you know, but um, <laughs> it was a lot of fun getting to see them learn about the prevention field and learn why what they're doing matters. Um, it's, honestly, it's probably my biggest success at I've been here. Yeah. Did, did you feel like there was a noticeable difference from, you know, the kids what get in the bus and on the plane they're they're heading over to DC and then when they come home, like what was that? tangible difference like or what did you see from the students yeah they seemed more engaged with prevention uh, so the teen suit it sometimes feels like it's a for fun club um, which is great you know that's a great way to draw kids in um, but it's kind of hard sometimes to explain like the importance of the prevention aspect of things or like why are we doing what we're doing um so seeing them go to the conference and sit on sit in on like the youth track and learn learn from other youth about what they're doing in other states, you know, they came back and they're like, all right, this was really cool. What I saw there, I learned a lot. Um, one of our kids came back and designed a new billboard that we just recently put off, um, with like a drug-free message. So, um, just seeing them gravitate towards it more after going to the conference was really cool. Okay. Nice. And the fact that they're seeing their work around town, I bet you even increases the buy-in even more. That's so cool. Wow, Christina, does anything come to mind as something that you're like, hey, this was really cool. I'm glad we did this. Well, I couldn't think of a specific project um, other than we do a youth asset and substance use survey every two years. And it's just, it's a lot of work getting it organized and communicating with the schools and community partners. And I'm kind of a data nerd. So it's just mm -hmm. nice to see that every other year, how our efforts are progressing. And from year to year, there are huge jumps, but from the beginning of our DFC to now, we've made a lot of progress in um, providing supports for students. Their use rates are down. Um, they 
feel more supported by the adults in their life. So it's just nice to see that. Wow, that's cool. I love that you said that too, that they can feel the support from the community. Because one of the things I found out about different programs that we're running is just the fact that we're there offering support can feel like a security blanket for a student who, you know, might need help one day or doesn't feel like they can go somewhere if if something were to happen to them or a friend. So that's that's prevention in a nutshell, right? Is like they don't need us now, but we're preventing something from happening. And if they were ever to make a mistake or make a decision that they, you know, could regret, like they've got people to go to. So I would say that's that's great work. <laughs> Do you I actually want to ask you about the the survey too, because uh, that sounds like a daunting task to get a survey across, you know, maybe multiple cities or even just one city in multiple schools. So who who gets the survey and how do you go about getting that to like to happen? Well, it is a lot of steps. We started planning. So we will do that this fall and we started planning in February of this year, um, just getting contacts in place and then starting the initial reaching out to schools and um so they'll do it on survey monkey and we'll send out a unique link to each school district and i think it's six six or eight school districts that we do and it's six tenth six eighth tenth and twelfth graders um from each school district and they'll take the survey and then we'll just analyze the results after that and i'm really simplifying it but <laughs> a lot of little steps along the way right well i'm i'm sure that just from working with schools like i realize that they they have this agenda they're protecting right and their goals that they're going after so sometimes with coalition work we have to let them know we're aligned with your goals like we're doing the same thing we're creating a safe environment which helps them for learning keeping them engaged up to graduation rates like that kind of stuff so is there any time where like looking back on, so you said February and you're going to be launching it in the fall. So that's like six to eight months of preparation and you're probably building relationships. You're connecting to see how logistically it's going to fit into their schedule. Um, what are the reasons why a school would say like, no, we're not going to participate. Um, what are those reasons? And then what are the reasons why the schools who are, are saying, yeah, of course we'll do it because... I think that we've had a lot of success with our schools. They know us as an agency and they know our coalitions. Um, the schools are one of our most important part community partners. Um, for the few that have had some hesitation, it mostly comes from parents who are just kind of wary of what we might be asking the children and they're just protecting their children's privacy and that's totally understandable. For them, we've typically been able to have the schools agree um, to do it with an opt-in letter. Instead of us just having the survey link sent out, we have to have the parent actually agree to it. Um, so we're at least able to get into those schools and the parents can say yes or no. Okay. Getting it out there. Okay, so does that look like a letter they bring home to their parents or is it a link that you email their parents? How do you do that? A letter that they'll send home to the parents and then if they don't get that back, then that student will Okay. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You're giving everyone the choice to do it. Um, okay. And then can you tell us a little bit about your community, what it looks like, um, maybe the demographics, rural, 
you know, anything like that. And then what you're finding on the survey, like what are, what are students facing today? We're very rural. Um, a lot of farmland in Wayne County, um, I'd say mostly white Christian community. Um, Robert is not from here originally, so I would be interested to hear what he thinks of it. Yeah, about the same. Um, I grew up in a really small town that actually makes the place look big. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, small rural community, um, but with lots of community engagement. That's something I didn't grow up with, so it's a really cool aspect of being here is the community leaders that we work with in our coalitions, all of their focus is on what can we do to help the youth. Um, yeah, that's, you know, that's been, it's been very helpful as far as like us getting our results and the efforts that we make. Yes. Okay. Very cool. And I know we got introduced because Robert, you were emailing me saying, Hey, some of our schools are looking for red ribbon week, week speakers and stuff like that. Um, so it sounds like you have a number of coalitions that you look out for a number of schools and school districts that you look out for and you support all of them is from your experience being on this you know, level where you, you see a lot of them, is what do you think um, are some challenges that the coalitions are facing? Um, some things that are, are kind of tough in our line of work. Have you seen anything like that? A couple of things that come to mind is engagement, especially with parents. They're busy. It's hard to get them at the table. Um, and I would say people just recognizing prevention as a field um you know we have in ohio we work to toward prevention certification so it's a real legitimate field and um just getting that out there has been somewhat challenging what do you think think about the same thing it is nobody knows what we're doing um like i said i didn't even know prevention was a field until i mean even like a couple months into after I started the job, right? Like I didn't really have an understanding of what prevention was. Um, but yeah, it's really just educating the community is, you know, try to do as much as possible, but then, you know, they're like, hey, like we're working to prevent youth substance use. Well, what does that look like? Well, <laughs> we go to our event, we'll tell you, right? But you know, it's, uh, it's definitely one of the challenges is, is definitely that. Yeah. I, I might embarrass myself by saying this, but we're like, we're like uh, Batman's butler. Like, <laughs> no one sees him, but he makes all the cool stuff behind the scenes, the cars, the life-saving weapons and armor. And then people are like, oh, but, you know, Batman gets all the glory. Like, we're, we're doing impactful stuff in the schools and communities, but we're not showing off about it. That's not the point. We're gathering data. Uh, we're analyzing it and seeing what we can do better. And then we're supporting everyone else. So... It's important stuff, but you're right. Sometimes when you kind of need to get into partner, new partnerships or into new communities or parent groups, there's a question of, well, I mean, but who are you? <laughs> that as well as yeah. oh. We just keep trying to make those community connections and bringing in more people from different sectors who might happen to be parents. And hopefully that will get more parents to the table. Yeah. And it sounds like there's, there's probably some communities that you've done that they do know you and you've gotten that relationship started. Uh, and with, with every generation or every reiteration of students and parents, you kind of have to start over or at least keep the wheel going 
so that you maintain that through the next, you know, next wheelhouse of people that are, that are coming in. Um, my next question for you is what is your prevention pet peeve? What do you see happening in our, our field that you think oh, we should stop doing that? Is there anything that comes to mind? I guess scare tactics. Um, we have been trying to focus more on positive information with our marketing and advertising and um, scare tactics are still really popular, not just with preventionists, but with the community. Um, you know, we see the mock crashes, things like that. And we're just trying to shift away from that as a field. Um, so if I could get rid of anything, it would be that. Yeah, that's well said. I think that's something that I'm observing too. And it is kind of statewide though. Like you had said that some of the people around you, they or the communities around you, they do the mock crashes. I have seen that out East a lot more. And then in different areas of the country, it's like starting to go away from that. Um, like I think in Washington, they're, they've gone through the whole, that part of it. And now they're, they're kind of catching up with what you're saying is that, Hey, we're, we're not going to do that. Instead of showing students what not to do, we have to help them realize what they can do. Cause you can't, you can't give a call to action to do nothing. Like that's not helpful. Uh, so doing mental health awareness, keep teaching coping skills, um, whether it's perseverance or how to ha resist peer pressure, all that kind of stuff is going to be more helpful. Definitely. Yeah. Robert, do you have anything that you've observed in, I mean, you're a year in, so you're pretty fresh. <laughs> Has there anything that you've seen so far that you're like, Oh, is that really, are we doing that? <laughs> um, branching off of that, um, is like a focus on like negative statistics. Um, one thing that I was introduced to pretty quickly was the importance of focusing on, you know, we are the majority, you know, the majority of youth are not using substances. Um, yes. that's data across the country shows that our data shows that, and it's not just like a minor majority. It is a huge gap, um, and who's using, who's not using. Um, so when, you know, you get like the newsletters from the million different newsletter outlets that give you prevention information. You know, and it's it's like, all right, well, twenty percent of tenth graders are drinking underage. Yeah, that's we definitely that's what our field is, right? Is preventing that. But let's focus on the eighty percent that are not. Why aren't they? And can we start getting that messaging out to their peers? Yes, and that's so important when we're talking to different audiences too, because like Robert, like you were saying, is what well, where are we talking about the students who are making good decisions? And when we're talking to students. Like that's so important that we emphasize that, Hey, you're in good company. If you're making smart choices for your future, you are not alone. You're in good company. Keep it up. But what's funny, and this is the part of the role that we have to learn uh, when we're working with different partners is the adults can think if we're, if they feel like they're out of touch or they don't know what's going on or, or my kid would never use, you've got to give them the reality statistic. You're like, all right, here's the reality of middle schoolers and high schoolers that are using. And so what's funny is there is that delicate balance, but you're spot on when we're talking with youth and doing that, that promotion, health promotion. Um, that's, that's so crucial. Yeah. And that's one of the things like I, I do a parent alert every month. It's just focused on different prevention topics or substances. It's very simple. It goes to parent subscribers. 
Um, and anytime I'm talking about a substance and going through like the dangers of it. So vaping, for example, you know, why is it dangerous? Why is it dangerous for youth? You know, I always put in there, Hey, like X amount of kids in Ohio are, are vaping, but I always put in the end as the closing thing. Like, hey, just remember the majority are not using, you know, and here's what you can do to help those that, you know, who are. So just trying to make, try to tie both of them together to try to make people look at both sides. That's good. I'm going to pull that out for anybody listening. If you're not driving, write that down. That if you've got that newsletter, you got that that resource that you're putting out there, is don't leave out the positive, the hopeful, the call to action that that they're in good company and and that way to help. Cuz what that's what I heard you say was yes, you're giving them the information of the reality, but you're also showing them the positives of who's not using and making healthy choices. And then you're giving them a resource or an action if they do need help. So that is, Robert, that's good. <laughs> the final uh, final question is if you were talking to someone who is brand new in the field and judging from you know your experience so far, what advice would you give someone uh, who's brand new in drug prevention or in this field? I would say just keep trying to make those community connections. Um, look at all the different sectors of the community and just try to have at least one person from that sector at the table. Um, additionally, youth, I think, giving youth the power to plan events, plan initiatives, and implement them. I think that is, it's been really helpful for our coalition. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with her. Um, engage with all those sectors. Uh, the more people at the table, the better. Um, youth are extremely important. Um, I think that they make the biggest difference in the work that we do. I mean, all our coalitions focus on youth substance use prevention. So what better people to prevent that than the youth themselves? Um, and then also be flexible. Um, you know, I'm a year in and there's already been, you know, looking at planning sheets from past events, right? Like it's, yeah, that worked back, that worked last year, but is it going to work this year? Well, it didn't work this year. So what can we do different next year? And constantly revisiting, um, you know, positives and negatives for everything that you do, because you know, you're going to be able to learn something from each time that you go out there and do it. You can make it more effective. That is so good. Thank you both so much, Christina and Robert from 180 being on the show. This was awesome. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, thanks. For everyone watching, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Party Talk. I hope that you are empowered, that you got maybe a few new ideas and little tweaks you can make within your coalition work or your drug prevention work at the school. If you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, make sure to go to vibe18.com and write us there. And of course, if you love this podcast, the way to say thank you is to subscribe and to send this episode to a friend. Talk to you next week.